Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. And a fine Saturday matinee to you both, gentlemen. How are you? Good morning, good morning, good morning. (laughs) (laughs) I'm in food coma right now. We're in a uh, a delightful space right now. We are sitting uh, at Chez Sarmento around uh, uh, around the kitchen table here. This is a first. This is a first. We have never podcasted together in the same room. 
you may be surprised to know. I, I don't think anybody was assuming that we were in the same room. It's crazy actually staring at you all. Yeah, little... I get to see your podcast face. It is a fine 90 degrees in uh, sunny uh, Phoenix, Arizona, uh, and a great little uh, vacation spot. I feel like I'm in a spa. We're going to talk about movies. Thanks, for everybody, for giving us a little vacation. It's been a fun little break uh, for the month of July, and now we're back at it, kind of getting back into the routine. How's your? Uh, you, do you want to do you want to do a hot list of your favorite movies that you've seen over the last uh, couple of weeks, three weeks? You're throwing that at us out of the gate. Uh, Ant Man and the Wasp. Ant Man and the Wasp. I will. Yeah, I haven't gotten out to see nearly enough yeah. this summer, but that was a pleasant surprise. I'm right there with Andy. Yeah, I know you love it, but The Incredibles Two is a little bit of a disappointment. God, why are you filled with hate? You bring like the world is worse for that opinion. <laughs> it has its moments. All, the whole movie is a moment of awesome with a great villain. Yeah. <laughs> so and there we part ways. Oh, Andy, the music, the father, the, the father great. story, you know, him trying to adjust to, uh, you know, life as a parent with the mom goes back to work. So I haven't seen it. So it's basically Mr. Mom, the yes. superhero story. <sighs> Stop. You're feeding him. But the raccoon... The raccoon fight was fantastic. That's the highlight of the movie. No, it's not. That, that it is not the five highlight. Minutes. That is not the highlight of the movie. They, they get Bradley Cooper to do the voice of the raccoon? Uh, other, they yeah. should have. <laughs> it's a Disney Marvel thing, right? <laughs> All right. I, what, do we have any other uh, news talk? We haven't been doing this in long enough to have any follow-up. So No, yeah, I don't think so. Um, yeah, I think that's... Let's just jump into trailers. Let's do it. There have been a lot of trailers to talk about. And uh, so I think I think it's unfortunate that Steve has to go first. <laughs> Why is it unfortunate? Steve, what are you doing with this trailer this week? This is so counter, Steve. <laughs> no, it's not. You are it's all Red about... Band. It's and, Red Band. And but, it's high school. Oh, my God. It is the worst high school ever. <laughs> it's... <laughs> What are but, you doing? What am I doing? I, well, I need to do something that fits in. And to me, this this trailer checks so many boxes for me. So I'm talking about Assassination Nation. This is, as IMDb lists it, a thousand percent a true story about how the quiet all-American town of Salem absolutely lost its mind. This hits theaters September 21st, 2018. It's written and directed by Sam Levinson. I checked his listing. I have not seen anything else. This is like his third feature. But what I was really intrigued by about this trailer is that tackles the issue of privacy and the internet and the ability of leaks of information to just cause people to behave irrationally. And this is all set sort of within a high school and you've got your cliquish groups of girls and it starts off, uh, apparently someone hacked the high school principal and, you know, that destroys his career because of things. And they're, they're talking about how, uh, I think one of the girls says something about, I, you know, can't, I feel no sympathy for people that get hacked and this whole idea of like, this is a generation that has come to terms with the, you know, there is no privacy. And there's, there's, you know, the older generation still has this illusion that there's privacy. And then suddenly, like, the entire town has their texts hacked and released online. And then all hell breaks loose because, I guess, people's deepest, darkest secrets, the things that they wouldn't want public, come to light. And you've got just civil war tearing this town apart. And I think it's... Yes, it's ridiculous. It's over the top. But I think the subtext to this is really about how people, when we get leaks of information, even about celebrities, people behave irrationally around those things. And I think there's something 
that it's trying to say. I don't know how well it's going to execute on that, but it looks like a really good time. It's got lots of gore and violence and teenagers acting crazy. What what more could you want? Well, what I actually love about it, because I, I think it actually <laughs> looks really fun as over the top and frightening as it is, but it's like it takes place in the town of Salem. And it's it's very much kind of a, for me, it was a play on like the Salem witch trials and, and here are these people. It's like this this witch hunt that they're doing with all of this stuff. And I think it looks like they're uh, finding a really interesting way. This actually looks like the modern Heathers uh, that the TV show was wanting to. be. Oh, yeah, yes. That's, that's yeah. a really good. Point. That's yeah. that's kind of uh, was my take on it. So well, the, the message that really hit home for me is actually the last line in the in the trailer, because I'm with you guys as much fun as I, I make. Of, of you making this pick. I actually, I think this is going to be a very interesting statement. And that last line in the trailer, I'm going to get it wrong, uh, where I, I think it's uh, Odessa Young's character, Lily says, uh, you know, you built this world, right? That she makes a statement, you built this world, don't don't get mad at us, we're just trying to fix it or something like that. I don't know, it's something along those lines. And uh, I thought that was a really powerful statement because, uh, you know, this is this is a movie that addresses that cultural thing that we dealt with as Gen X and that the millennials are dealing with with us is is it it feels like the the you know a power shift and we're we're fixing things that are that are wrong and it's doing it it's like the purge you know it's that kind of a a, a cultural release film and uh, i think it i think it looks really interesting and bananas oh crazy bananas yeah well, and and Sam Levinson, who wrote and directed it. I mean, Barry Levinson's son. Oh, okay. So I'm I'm interested to see kind of. Isn't how... that a metaphor for changing hands? You know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Take this, Dad. <laughs> yeah. And shove it up your no. That's this, right, that's another story. This is what you get for making toys. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> So when does this one open? This one hits theater September 21st. So just as, you know, college students school. are back to school and settling in. Yeah. Sweet. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah come on. <laughs> Homecoming's around the corner. You know, you go out and uh, have some fun. I've got a 12-year-old. I think he'll be fine. Have your kids seen this trailer? No, they have not seen this trailer yet. They're kind of in the sweet spot for this movie. They are in the sweet spot for this trailer. I want to know what they think of this movie. Well, I'll let you know. All right. Good talk, Steve. Andy, what's your trailer? Uh, my trailer, you know, Joel Edgerton is uh, somebody who's really grown um, in my estimation with the projects that he's been doing, not just as an actor, but really his his writing and directing. I've just been finding him more and more fascinating and seeing what he's been doing. Uh, you know, I've been kind of watching his stuff and seeing like uh, The Gift and, and Felony, which he uh, um, was, uh, I think he wrote and produced that, didn't direct it, and then... Um, and now this on oh, the square was another one and just seeing how he's kind of really grown out of just being an actor to really being a creator. I have just been, um, thoroughly enjoying the, um, the storytelling that he's choosing to do. And it's, it's exciting to see that he's, he's, uh, doing this, this film boy erased, which is based on a true story. And it's kind of a coming age story about this, this kid who is the son of a, a preacher, and uh, kind of realizes he's gay and tells his parents, and they send him to a, a conversion program. And uh, it's kind of the story of him going through this this process and um, losing his personality or trying to figure out who he is over the course of this, and, and also his family as well. I find um, the story to be a really powerful one. 
Um, and from looking at what uh, Edgerton is doing as the uh, writer director of the film and actor in the film, um, it looks to be um, telling another really fascinating story with really interesting characters that um, just from the trailer, I'm really drawn to Lucas Hedges as the, uh, the kid. I mean, he was great in Manchester by the sea and he looks like he's going to be great here. Um, Nicole Kidman and Russell Crowe play his parents. Um, I love seeing the two of them. Um, and on screen, I, I feel like just already watching the trailer, I feel like this is going to be a powerhouse film that people will be talking about uh, at awards time because it just looks like a powerful story. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really excited. What do you guys think of this one? This one was I'd heard about this as because uh, I'd been doing some research on Joel Edgerton when uh, JJ and I did uh, Felony. And so I was looking into what, you know, Joel had coming up and I had heard rumors about this. So I was waiting for this trailer to hit because this is one that, uh, you know, to me, it's like the counter story to Love, Simon that came out earlier this year of taking the same, you know, sort of coming coming out story, but in an entirely different type of family than in Love, Simon. So when you go from, you know, sort of the the lighter, you know, sort of family that, that struggles to support a kid to this where it's, you know, ripping the family apart part and you even see you know Nicole Kidman wanting to support the father but still loves her son and wanting to do the right thing and you know gets into so many parenting issues of how do you do what's best for your kid um, this to me seems like one of these you know perfect like Oscar things uh, you know you mentioned uh uh, Lucas Hedges in uh, Manchester by the Sea. We also forgot Lady Bird and Three Billboards. Right. right. So I mean, this is just he keeps finding just the right projects, and this is a kid. I think we'll see a lot of great things coming from. But th- this cast looks great. I think this is going to be a powerful film. I think it's going to hopefully create lots of discussion and debate around this topic uh, based on a book which I haven't read. Uh, so another one to, to add to the list of uh, you know summertime or fall reading. But yeah, I'm really, uh, really interested in checking this one out. Uh, Bill Edgerton, I think, is, is just proving himself again, you know, in front of and behind the camera to be, you know, a force to be reckoned with here. Yeah, absolutely. I think it looks great. Um, I, I'm surprised you guys didn't mention the um, star turn uh, follow-up from Baby Driver. His role as Eddie in Baby Driver Flea is in this movie. Again, oh, that's right. Red Hot, Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> He'll be playing the role of Brandon. Uh, and so if, if for no other reason to see this movie, Flea okay. of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. So, so there's a series for you guys to do is, you know, just flee. Flee. Follow flee. Follow the flea. <laughs> follow the flea. Follow the flea. <laughs> Uh, this one, I, Andy showed me this trailer last night, and I uh, was equal parts intrigued and disturbed. It's a tough story. Uh, it's a tough story that have, has impacted uh, people in some some profoundly difficult ways. It seems like it approaches it from all of the big angles, all the great difficult angles you get in the trailer, you know. Uh, and uh, and so um, I, I think I think you're right, Steve. I think this is one that people are going to be talking about, and I hope people are talking about it. I hope it it's, seems like a a worthy bit of uh, uh, pop culture catalog. Well, it seems like one where Joel Edgerton could get himself on the map, even as an yeah. award-winning director. So well, I would hope so. He's he's done a lot of stuff. He has yeah. way more credits than you expect. Yeah, he's been right. around much longer than I you kind of think about. I'm um, ever impressed with the fellow. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, this one's coming out November 2nd, uh, 2018, here in the States. So uh, that's mine, Boy Erased. I'd like to open with an apology for my trailer to Steve. 
Uh, I, I recognize that this is likely a trailer that you are not interested in watching uh, to save yourself from any potential spoiler. And I made you watch it anyway because it's a pick. Are you okay? I'm fine. Really? I, you know, You're doing all right? Because I know that this trailer is probably going to only tease and then potentially misdirect the audience in certain ways by leaving a lot of things hidden. I was comfortable watching this because I know it's going to give me just enough to get a sense of it and get hungry for it without giving too much away. So I, I am okay. I'm talking of course about the Sham M night Shyamalan MKS, the notorious MKS and his new movie glass MKS. Oh no, it's not night. Like, <laughs> like Michael Knight. <laughs> I've always thought it was Michael Knight. It's not Michael Knight because it's M. Knight. I, you know what I mean? Because I'm a child of the 80s. It is night, like nighttime. For those who didn't know, public service announcement, M. Night Shyamalan <laughs> is of no relation to the fictitious character, Michael Knight. <laughs> That's going to make so many people confused right now. They just, right? they're just, you're, yeah. Levels they're, of yeah, disappointment. They're just, mm-hmm. what? Levels, it's an onion of disappointment. This is the movie Glass, uh, 2019 film Glass. This is the next in what turns out to be the Shyamalan cinematic universe uh, that started with uh, our friend David Dunn and um, uh, Elijah Price, Mr. Glass, and now uh, James McAvoy, The Beast. Uh, We get them all together uh, in one fantastic, glorious film, hopefully. Uh, I am of two minds of this movie. It took me a long time to see Split. Uh, I really enjoyed it uh, when I finally got down to see it. I haven't gone back and watched Unbreakable, um, though it's on my list. to. I, I need to catch up with that, especially after, like, post-Split. I, I feel like I need, to, I need to refresh myself a little bit on that. Um, it, it definitely is the movie that positions Mr. Glass and the villains of this universe. And we, you know, it, it strikes me as much more of the, the DC cinematic universe take on uh, the world versus uh, Marvel. It doesn't look very happy. It looks really, really grim. Uh, but man, Sam Jackson looks fantastic and uh, scary and diabolical. Uh, great additional cast. Um, we get uh, Sarah Paulson. Yeah, Sarah Paulson's the doctor who's trying yeah. to help people who believe themselves, they believe to, be themselves to be superheroes. I love that line. <laughs> She's so fun. Uh, endorsing her in this, especially after her turn, uh, more comedic turn in Ocean's 8 this year. So uh, I, I am very curious about this movie. I'm very curious about seeing the next step of James McAvoy's character uh, as Kevin Crumb and all the other pieces. It, it you know it was a little bit over the top and I think tonally split was uh, it was just a different movie than Unbreakable than I was expecting and uh, it, I, I think it lived all right in its own universe but this movie kind of connecting all three of these characters I'm super curious what do you guys think Yeah I'm curious as well because uh, you're right um, Unbreakable is is kind of a really quiet superhero movie totally. which I find really interesting and then and Split did feel like a totally different movie but I do love that it's all part of the same universe because I think that it's such an interesting way to blend it all together so I, I'm super excited about this I think it's a really interesting way to to connect I, I'm really curious because it, I don't recall um, Bruce Willis being so um, gray haired no so gray haired at the end of Split Right. And whereas here, I feel like we're like 10 years later yeah. or something. And so I'm wondering if they're setting it up where Split takes place 
like right after unbreakable Unbreakable. and now time passes now we're looking at much at like present day Mm -hmm. and and everything that's going to be happening although that's not necessarily going to make sense as far as uh, anya taylor joy's character but uh because she obviously hasn't aged whereas uh bruce willis's son has aged so i'm I'm curious to see how they find a way to kind of evolve the story a little bit but i'm excited because i i those are two Shyamalan films that i really enjoy and the fact that we're creating this universe with it, I'm excited to see where they're going to go. Yeah, I don't know what genre this is going to fall into because that's the that was the nice surprise of a split. You thought this was going to be sort of a suspense thriller horror type thing. So when we get this big reveal that it's part of this superhero universe, it was a big surprise. It was exhilarating for me. Uh, Unbreakable again, you know, at that point when it came out, we didn't have superhero origin story movies so this was you know it was just sort of a story now there's all these expectations so i'm intrigued with what the approach to the story is going to be i the idea of having the three of them in a room together you know getting some type of therapy or treatment and then as we see in the trailer that you know mr glass is you know starting to work with you know kevin here on there's some there's some plotting there's some planning going on so i don't know if I should be expecting the standard superhero film or if there's going to be a different type of story that's being told here again within this universe. I think that's a really great point. And it's it's a totally Shyamalan thing, right? To, here's the poster of Glass. We're just going to show you all three of them together in a room, right? That for many would be the surprise normally. We're just going to lean in on what you already think is going to be in uh, the twist and uh, and show you something else you know that that you just will not expect. So I'm I'm excited about that that part of it. Um, even though I'm I'm super torn on a lot of Shyamalan films that, that I don't think are as effective as he really really wants them to be. Certainly not as effective as as past films. So um, I'm I'm really excited to see this one just because it's an audacious thing to do. Uh, the big rollout starts uh, January seventeenth, twenty nineteen. It's early January thing. So I'm I'm I have a feeling this will probably be our January film board pick. Well, I just I'm I'm thrilled that he's sticking with the kind of that interesting Bloomhouse model of yeah. let's do a, a low budget horror for January mm-hmm. and make a lot of money. Yeah. So that's great. Worked, worked, it's been working. That's right. Lean in. January nineteenth. Cool. Uh there you have our January eighteenth. Yeah. Well it's right in there. There you go. All right. The lists. Well, so this is uh, interesting. So we we posted up on Discord for people to vote uh, for our summer hiatus poll. We had beach movies, vacation movies, and movies that involve animals terrorizing people. Well, they all got the same number of votes, and we <laughs> we didn't want to bother, um, uh, you know, narrowing that down. So we decided we'd each take one of them. So uh, Steve's going to do beach movies. I'm going to do vacation movies, and Pete. Really wanted to do the movies <laughs> that have animals terrorizing people. So I think Pete should kick it off for that I, reason it alone. It was Pete and Nick, right? I you get, and Nick were we, very excited about animals terrorizing okay. people. Come on. All right. Well, so I wanted to start with a movie that I, it, the, uh, just looking through movies that sort of fit my category, this one took me right back to me at... 11 years old, probably 12 years old when I finally saw it. Uh, It it is uh, a story about uh, uh, lore, folklore, modern sewer folklore. If you're not familiar with that, the the general category of sewer folklore, this is the movie that starts it all. I'm talking, of course, about Louis Teague's film Alligator. 
1980. <laughs> Tell me you don't I, go I, right there. I Animals haven't seen it. I, I, <gasps> no, I, well, perhaps on like WGN on a late Friday. That's I don't, how I, you see this movie, yeah, Steve. I don't, that's I don't, the only way to see, see it properly. It's been so long. I don't know if I've seen the movie or just have heard so many, you know, retellings of the urban legend that, I've substituted that in for seeing the movie because I, it's it, it is not within the past thirty, forty years that I've seen this movie <laughs> if I have seen it at all. When did that air? When did it air, Pete? What alligator? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it came out in nineteen eighty. When would it have come out yeah. first on I, broadcast? It, it, right, yeah, right eighty one, right around yeah. there. Right? It yeah. must have been so, right around there. Yeah. So that's when I mean, I was young when I saw it. Like, what? And eleven, same. I saw it on TV, yeah. and and it scared the crap out of me. Especially yes. the Halloween party where the kids like make the kid walk the plank, yes. and he peeks up with his little you know uh, uh, bandana around his eyes, and he sees the alligator in the pool right below him. Alligators in pools. I was terrified of anything with a drain for years. Me too. Any body of water, pools, sinks it. with drains. The thing is. The whole premise is you sh- you take a baby alligator and you flush it down a toilet and you think where does the baby alligator go? It turns out it <laughs> ends up being a two thousand pound, thirty six foot long beast that lives in the sewer and comes up, you know, in pools and and sinks and things. I guess right. It's or I remember just just images of it that completely terrorize me. But the thing that I find most fantastic is story and screenplay by none other than John Sayles which is awesome. <laughs> it totally changed the entire my entire impression of this movie. And now it's I want to go watch it right away. Uh, uh, Robert Forster is in it. There was another cast uh, uh, casting that that uh, had me. Oh, Henry Silva is in this movie. I'd forgotten Henry Silva was in this. So that's it. Alligator is the first of my animals terrorizing humans <laughs> list. You're welcome. Please go see Alligator. All right. All right, well, I'll go next. Um, so vacation movies. Um, my first choice, Squeal Like a Pig Boy. That's oh, not a vacation no. movie. It is a well, vacation How movie. is that? Yes. Yeah, they go on a... It's absolutely a vacation okay, movie. Sure. I don't know what kind of vacations you take. They're going on a hunt. They're yeah. going out into the wilderness yeah, to take I a guess. break, go canoeing down the river. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. They go on vacation. This is, of course, John Borman's film. From uh, what, 1972, uh, John Voight, Burt Reynolds, Ned Beatty, and Ronnie Cox uh, decide to go out into the Georgia countryside. <laughs> Ronnie Cox, so good. <laughs> to go hunting, <laughs> and they get uh, they get taken by some backwoods boys, and poor Ned Beatty. Oh, poor, Ned. Poor, poor Ned Beatty. That's a, it's a it's a it's a really interesting movie. And I've always, I've always kind of, uh, it's, it's a movie that's hard to watch, but I do like Deliverance. It's a really interesting story that, um, uh, I don't know, it's, it's, it's a dark, dark vacation that they end up on. It's really, it's <laughs> a survival vacation. story. Well, this is the thing with vacation movies is like there's, there's a wide variety of vacation movies. There's comedy vacation movies. There's horror vacation movies. There's drama. I, I, I had to kick it off with some good horror. It's, it's a thriller and really, it's just one that that terrifies you. So, Deliverance is my uh, first choice. Okay, so interesting story about Deliverance, based on a novel yes. by James Dickey, who was Correct. actually a poet first, and got into an argument with a fellow writer that was a novelist. And said, "Oh, well, poetry's easy. Writing fiction is so much harder." And he said, "Really? I'll write a book." Wrote Deliverance. Wrote a book. There wrote it a is. book. Wrote Deliverance. 
Boom. That's <laughs> how what happens. Deliverance is what happens when you tell a poet to write narrative fiction. <laughs> exactly. Best-selling novel turned into a movie. He's like, yeah, not so hard. And I like the poster that says, this is the weekend they didn't play golf. Oh. <laughs> it actually, many people don't know, it was originally a, an epic poem. And... <laughs> The stanza that begins, squeal like a pig boy, goes places you just can't imagine <laughs> in meter. Oh, man. All right, Steve. Okay. Beach movies. Beach movies. Well, if you're going to be on a beach, there's no p- better person to be with than Tom Hanks. So we're going hey, to go. I like that. The, the penultimate sort of beach movie, being stuck <laughs> on a beach for a really, 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 really long time with a volleyball. So that's that's my first. I think we've talked about Castaway on a list before, maybe. I I, I, I try to get Tom Hanks yeah, included as often exactly, as Exactly. So. so I thought. <laughs> sure it's possible. This is sort of one of those, when you think beach movies, this is the this is your starting point. Although I, I do agree with Andy. I think. The movie runs too long. They're they cut off the beginning. They could cut off a, a good chunk of the end, and you'd have a much stronger story. Uh, maybe we'll we'll work on a an, an edit of uh, Castaway to leak out there. But uh, yeah, that's that's my first pick for the for the beach movies. I love it. I it's it, I think it's a really strong movie. Tom Hanks is brilliant in the film. Uh, Wilson is equally brilliant. <laughs> and, Arguably, uh, Wilson is the strongest <laughs> part in the hey film. Hey now, hey now. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's 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 a great movie. I really do enjoy it. Um, it I do struggle with the Hollywoodness of the beginning and end, but uh, man, everything on the island is just a five star film for me. I like the movie too. I'm just being smart. <laughs> you're being difficult. I, I know what you're doing. <laughs> my number two film in my list of animals terrorizing humans. I was pretty excited about this movie. Again, it, uh, it it's been a long time since I've seen it, uh, but it is it does exceed the uh, six stars uh, on IMDb. So there's something. Uh, this is a film from 1988, a film in which uh, the good Alan Mann, paraplegic Alan Mann, develops a special kind of relationship with his service monkey. Go ahead. Do you remember? No? No? Nothing? This is George Romero's first studio film, Monkey Shines. <laughs> Do you remember this movie? I, I, the title popped in my mind, but I thought, no. I was thinking, for some reason, there was a, a Stephen King thing with the wind-up monkey toy, and I thought that's what that was, but I don't know. Your no. wife just brought me a a, a monkey shining. It's yeah, a monkey. He's a little monkey. <laughs> a little monkey. Uh, we've, got a, we've got a little fetish monkey here. Look, the monkey was terror. This is the worst capuchin ever. Like, this is no friends. This is the monkey. It's just full of great sequences. Like, the monkey that goes, <laughs> the monkey goes bananas and throws a hairdryer in somebody's bath. Like, the monkey starts, you know, protecting. Okay, the so the owner. poster right. has the little wind-up monkey you two should talk. This, this drove Andy okay. crazy. Like, yeah. I was like, oh, that's the one with the little monkey yeah. clapping right. symbols. Yeah. But no. no. That has nothing to do with the story. Uh, no. Uh, apparently, that my my recollection of the, the, the film Monkey Shines is actually the story that is in Skeleton Crew that Stephen yes. King wrote. Yes. That, and that's the cover of the book. Right. But there's a story in there called, I think the it's monkey. just The Monkey. Yeah. yeah. Which is about that, and it it uh, when every time it claps its symbols, it kills somebody or something like Stanley that. Every time was an, in this? every time an angel gets its wings, <laughs> every time a monkey claps its tambourines, a child dies. Stanley Tucci was in this. Janine Turner was in this. What? Yeah, Stanley Tucci's in it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and Jason, I can't pronounce his name. Jason Beggy Beg. Jason I don't Beg. B G A G. How do you pronounce that? 
Bagel. Yeah, Jason Bagel, <laughs> John Pankow, uh, Kate McNeil, Joyce Van Patten, uh, again, uh, directed by George Romero, uh, based on a book, not by Stephen King, but by Michael Stewart. So I am a big fan of Monkey Shines, I think. I'm going to see it okay. again. I remember being impacted by this. It's one of those movies where you think the monkey is a, su- a sweet, super like yeah. kind creature that is out to help you in the world, and really it just tries to electrocute you and stab you at every chance it gets. So monkeys, man. There it is. All right, back to vacation movies. My next vacation is one that gets interrupted because of baby steps. Right? We're talking about What About Bob? Frank Oz's fantastically hilarious film. So good. Bill Murray, Richard Dreyfuss. This, uh, it's hard to say if, if it's my favorite Frank Oz film, but it very well could be. This movie is just freaking hilarious. And largely it's because Bill Murray is perfect, but he pairs so perfectly with super cranky Richard Dreyfus, who is brilliant as the psychiatrist trying to help this guy, giving him tips like baby steps, which is some of the funniest stuff. And I mean, that's something that we probably quote pretty frequently on pretty the show frequently. is baby yeah. steps. Um, I think this movie is hilarious. I've always enjoyed it. Um, those two are great, but uh, you know, Julie Haggerty is also great. The kids are great. Honestly, I think that Frank Oz um, is really tapping into just a perfect level of humor with this film. Um, And I think Bill Murray just, I mean, this is so perfectly that Bill Murray uh, sensibility that it just works brilliantly as this crazy guy who just has the perfect way of getting under his psychiatrist's uh, skin. So, um, yeah, that's, that's my next one. What about Bob? Fantastic film. I love, I, I love this movie. Um, and I love it because this is the movie where the, I think it's the first really funny Richard Dreyfus movie that I saw. You know what I mean? Like yeah. this is the movie just because of when it came out and how old I was. I didn't know Richard Dreyfus was funny, like a funny <laughs> like straight man. And I thought I think this movie just is a celebration of Richard Dreyfus and just all the perfect ways. You know, you know, Bill Murray's going to be funny. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. 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 No, this was what this was. I think one of the. Frank Oz, I'll say, I think Bowfinger is has got a, a top notch place for me. Above. I'm going to give you a big thumbs up. I just watched that recently, yes. and it's much more of a win than I had given it credit for. I laughed a lot during that movie. That one's very insidery, but yeah. What about Bob? Is you said right everybody there. on this highway is a stunt driver. <laughs> They're all stunt drivers. It's going to be great. They're all watching out for you. So but, uh, yeah, I, I think this one. I don't know. It was like he was in a great spot in his career. This just, I think the, the Dreyfus point is really valid because it's one of those for a great comedy you've got sort of you know the idiot you've got to have the 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 villain but he's got to be a, a relatable villain it's got to be somebody you can feel for and i think casting richard dreyfus makes that really work because it's as cranky and crotchety as he can be it's it's hard to hate richard dreyfus he was like the every dad in the yeah. 70s so you yeah you you grew up relating to him as this this dad and so i i think that was the brilliant part of casting him giving him that role uh just works really Really well Although done. I would argue with you, I would say he's the protagonist. He's just a really cranky protagonist, and Bob yeah, right, is, right. is the really like annoying antagonist that and I just <laughs> bounce off of him constantly. It's so good. All right, what's your next beach movie? Okay, my next beach movie. So everybody knows Alex Garland as the writer director of Annihilation and Ex Machina, and before that, he wrote some other films that I think you know proved he knew how to write a good movie. I mean, he. Red, he adapted Never Let Me Go, Sunshine, 28 Days Later. But way back in the 90s, he was a little novelist 
and he wrote a, a book called The Beach that got adapted into a film directed by Danny Boyle. And that was sort of the first time Alex Garland gets his work on the screen. And I don't think any uh, one of us would have expected he'd be this, you know, sort of celebrated sci-fi director. But I remember when this book first came out, uh, reading it, it was a really compelling read. It it had a different voice. It was really speaking, I think, to, to Gen X. And so then to see it turn into a movie that... It's probably not the greatest in Danny Boyle's catalog, but you've got Leonardo DiCaprio in Thailand discovering a secret map to a little exotic location. And then, of course, you know, there's Paradise and then Paradise Must Fall. Uh, but it's called The Beach, so I have to put it on my list about beach movies. Uh, I haven't seen it in a while. Uh, I do need to see it again, but uh, it's a pretty dark it's, beach it's, movie. It is. A, it is a dark, dark beach movie. But you've got uh, you know a, a good cast in this one, and I think it'll be interesting to see Baby DiCaprio in a movie since it's it's been a while. Uh, this was, uh, I think, one of the first things he may have done after Titanic. I, don't, I think he was on a hiatus for a little while yeah. after that. Uh, but actually when this was being shot in Thailand, my brother happened to be out there and got to be an extra on set. So he had some interesting stories to share about that. One of the makeup guys, uh, that was doing some of the you know, basic makeup work had just finished Phantom Menace. So he was being grilled with questions about what was going to be, what was this new Star Wars movie that everybody's waiting to see? He of course could not talk about it. And well, we all know what happened with Phantom Menace. Well, and this is this is uh, really kind of also where Tilda Swinton started making it onto the scene. I mean, she was already uh, an actress and in, in had a big body of work, but it was smaller films. It was much more kind of the smaller type of British films that she was doing. And this was, I think, really kind of the, the beginning of where she took off. Because after this, then she was in Vanilla Sky with Cameron Crowe, Adaptation, and it just kind of grew from there, kind of uh, her stature as an actress. So this really seemed to be... For me, where I first really started paying attention to Tilda Swinton as an actress. Um, and this is, I guess, the first film that Danny Boyle did that didn't have Ewan McGregor. And this was the oh, famous yeah. film where there had yeah. been that falling out between the two of them. Right. Whatever happened, I don't know. But that's how Leonardo uh, ended up in this instead of Ewan McGregor. I, yeah, it's, I, I sometimes... I, I remember watching this and thinking, huh, I, I wonder wonder what this would have been like with you and McGregor in it. I, I, you know, I, I sometimes feel that, uh, you know, this was one of those films where Leonardo was young. His performance, I think, was great. I really, I, I think he was great. But, uh, yeah, anyway, good pick. Dark Beach. I got one more. Can we do one more animal? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, here we go. The uh, last one that I've got here is uh, the film The Reef. It is an Australian horror film. Wait, I, wait, I, that's, that's Beach... It's beach related. There's the no, reef? they're in the water. Oh, okay. They're in the water. Oh, it's close to the beach, right? Coral water. Okay. Boat capsizes, <laughs> loosely based on a true story. Uh, unlike many shark eat people, I think I'm on the record as being a fan of sharks eating people in movies. I, that is as one horror movie, the horror movie trope that I am okay with, right? I'm okay with Because you don't this. go in the water. I don't go in the water. I'm okay. So, uh, this movie, I think, is made more scary because there's no giant shark. This is one of those movies that's loosely based on a true story about sharks. Uh, there is a, a boat trip 
many friends on a boat, boat hits the reef, boat capsizes, sharks come. And they're, they're like normal-sized sharks. And you know what? Normal-sized sharks eat people too, apparently, is what we've learned from this movie. It is more scary as a result of that. Uh, it, it, as an Australian film, I think it's, uh, um, it, it's terrific. We came across uh, Black Water, which was also from director uh, Andrew uh, Trauke, which I have not seen. I don't think anybody... Have you guys seen it? Uh, also a no, film that apparently we need to see. Okay. I think it involves crocodiles, so it would also fit on my list. The Reef, uh, 2010. <laughs> it's, it's a good one. one. You should go see it. Fun Scary. times. Well, for my final vacation movie, uh, I'm doing a road movie that uh, Pete would never let us include on our... <laughs> You're going to use on, this chance on as, on to throw down with me, right? Films ...because he hates it so much. It's Ridley Scott's uh, Thelma and Louise, which I really enjoy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is a va- oh, I guess okay. I, I guess they're taking film. a vacation. Yeah, they're okay. taking a vacation. Okay. This is the two of them getting out on the road and, and doing yeah. something okay. uh, together. And unfortunately, it goes down a dark path because of a, a horrible thing that happens along the way. Um, I think it's a fantastic film, uh, regardless of what Pete says. We're going to do it as a series of the early films of Brad Pitt. That's the only way we'll get. Oh, there you go. We can talk about California, right? Cool world. <laughs> so, yeah, right. Cool world, Hollywood. Oh. So anyway, Thelma and Louise, um, I think it's a strong film, great bit of scenery, and of course Ridley Scott is, uh, I think, uh, you know, doing some great work with this one, um, regardless of what Pete might say. And Hans Zimmer, <laughs> I think, has a great score for this one too. So, um, uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's my final uh, vacation movie, Thelma and Louise. I'm nice gonna, pick. I'm gonna, yeah, I agree. That's a good pick. It's one I need to revisit. I haven't seen it in a while. I am gonna finish off my list by. Going back to what I always go back to, and I've got to have a movie about teenagers. Uh, this one was not high on anybody's radar. I just sort of I picked this up at the video store and thought, oh, this looks like an interesting sort of summer drama about you know coming of age. And this cast, Steve Carell, Tony Collette, Allison Janney, Sam Rockwell, Maya Rudolph, Rob Corddry, Nat Faxon, and Jim Rash. I'm talking about the way, way back. And this is a story about 14-year-old on summer vacation with his mom and her really obnoxious boyfriend played by Steve Carell. And he's having a tough time fitting in, so he goes to the local water park uh, run by Sam Rockwell, who gives him a job, and it has a nice sort of uh, summer, you know, meeting a girl, falling in love, all those great things in dealing with, you know, uh, his mom and overbearing stepfather. And it is uh, written and directed by Nat Faxon and Jim Rash and is one that, if you have not seen, this is a great family movie if you've got kids to just sit down really enjoyed this one amazing cast i think a film that has not found a place that should have as really a, a classic we talked about that on a trailer pick whenever it was we coming did, out yeah. but i never ended up seeing it because i just don't i don't even think it played in theaters very long so it kind of disappeared and i forgot about it so i'll have to check that one out you know, it's interesting. I mean, I, I it just reminds me how talented Jim Rash is. I mean, I, and you pair this with the Descendants, it's a great, it's a great, great mix. I I I think this movie was fantastic, and uh, um, that's a it's a great, great summer pick. Yeah, that's cool. it. that's a, that's our list. How exciting is that? I love it. I love All right, it. so now we're back in the swing of things. What are we gonna do next week? Well, we are going to be doing uh, our next poll, which I'll get up on Discord here shortly. It is uh, more summer-related uh, stories, at least for those of us in the Northern Hemisphere. We're doing uh, the the options are back-to-school movies, summer vacation movies. We're trying to be a little more specific. They're not just 
vacation films. And then the last choice, which Pete's excited about, movies where it's really hot. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for leaning in on really. I needed that. Yeah, You bet. You bet. So so there it is. We'll put the poll up on Discord. Go ahead and get your votes in, and we will um, do this, I guess, next weekend. Back in, we're back on it. This is great. Thank you. Uh, uh, thank you, everybody, for downloading and listening. And uh, if you're listening to this, you must be a Patreon supporter, so we appreciate you doing that. Uh, and you know what we would appreciate even more? What would be fantastic? If you actually uh, told one of your friends to go be a Patreon supporter so they could listen to uh, us uh, prattle on about trailers and lists, too, each week. We really uh, we appreciate that. Uh, Steve, thanks for hosting. Oh, you guys are always welcome here. Thanks for the use of your table. <laughs> you're welcome. And your home, your lovely home. Uh, Andy, good talking to you. Likewise. Next week, bye. Bye. Undo. I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January. Or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. Mm-hmm.